Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are in week two of our sermon series called Let the Games Begin. And remember what we're doing in this series to have a bit of fun during the Olympic Games is getting into a couple of profound things that these ancient games actually have to teach us about what it looks like to live our lives as more faithful followers of Christ. And so last week while getting into some of the basics of these ancient games, we got into how these games revealed to us one of the most important methods that Paul and many of the early Christians used when proclaiming the gospel to a diverse world. And what we discovered, at least when it, it comes to what it means to us, is that if we really want to be a people who are devoted to reaching out to others with the gospel, we really want to be a congregation that is reaching out and touching others, then what we've got to do is we've got to stop just expecting people to join us where we are and what we like what makes us comfortable, and get a whole lot better at meeting people where they are. But now that we understand the importance of meeting people where they are and how important that is, what we're going to be doing for the next two weeks, which I'm really excited about, is getting into what the Bible has to teach us about how to live our own personal lives by using examples from the Olympic Games. And there's a ton of stuff that we can learn. We're going to get into two particular things, and it will transform your life if you will take it seriously. So, one of the things that fascinates me when it comes to some of the greatest athletes who have ever lived is not necessarily in keeping up with their stats or their wins and loss records or how many gold medals or championships they've won, although that's amazing. No, what fascinates me about those people who are the best of the best is getting into how they operate on a day-to-day -day basis. Or what captivates me about those people who do nothing but succeed is not what you see them doing when they're on the TV, but it's what they do behind the scenes when no one else is watching. And what I've discovered in my research on some of these elite athletes is that most of the time, there is no doubt that some of these people are gifted with an incredible talent that none of us would ever have. We would never be as good as they are, even if we worked as hard as they did. There's, there's no doubt about that. These people are freaks of nature. But the other thing that I noticed is that with these guys who are the best of the best is that they actually work harder than anyone else in the game. They're actually putting in more time and effort than anyone else. Or to put this into perspective... Norway's Kristen Blumenfeldt, who just won the gold medal in the men's triathlon, which, by the way, is one of the most extreme races in the world at this time, it begins with the swim that's a little less than a mile, followed by a 24.8-mile bike ride, and then, if that's not enough, this race closes out with a 6.2-mile run. And the amazing part of this race is that these guys are getting after it the whole time. There's no loaf and there's no jog. And these guys are getting after it the whole entire time, pushing their body and their minds to places of pain and exhaustion that most of us can't even imagine. It is absolutely amazing. 
But what I learned as I listened to the commentators during this week is that the reason why Blumenfeld, who's the guy who went on to win it, is one of the best triathletes in the world. It's not because he's the most talented. They even argued that there was other guys on the tour that were even more talented. No, the reason he won the gold medal is because this guy works harder than anyone else. It's his routines and habits he does when no one else is watching. Or this guy trains eight hours a day, five days a week. Eight hours a day, five days a week. The amount of time that most of us spend at our job, sitting behind a computer, typing, and we're tired when we get home, this guy spends swimming, biking, and running. Or Blumenfeld, in a week, swims 27 miles. He then rides 248 miles and then runs 74 miles miles. That's what this guy does in a week. And that's a total of 349 miles. And to give you a gist of just how far that is, from Great Bend to Denver, Colorado, it's 399 miles. This guy in a week is almost biking, riding, and running to Denver, Colorado. So it's no wonder why this guy's one of the best of the best. It's no wonder why this guy is standing on the podium at the end of the race. But then another great example of this is Simone Biles. Everybody knows Simone. I mean, she is one of the top athletes in the world. It's arguably the best gymnast in the world. Now, I know that there's some stuff going on at this particular Olympics, which I think we're all kind of sad about. Pray for her, whatever's going on there. But she has won a total of 25 medals in world competitions, 19 of those being gold, right at the record at this point. She's going to surpass it. Um... And there's no doubt that when you look at this girl, God created her to be a gymnast. It's like God said, let there be a gymnast, and then Simone Biles showed up, right? She is perfect to do the flipping and flopping and all that kind of stuff. It's just who she is. But what you have to keep in mind is not only does she have the talent to do this, when you look at what she does behind the scenes, nobody else works any harder than she does. In this article, I found it says that Simone Biles works out at least five times a day, five days a week. Five times a day, five days a week, right? And most of us are making excuses of why we can't make it to the gym one day a week. Five days a week, five times a day. And what that includes is not only doing all the flipping and flopping she does for the... (laughs) Flipping and flopping is the worst way to describe it. You guys get what I'm talking about. She not only works four hours a day on a particular thing that she's working on, right? Balance beam, bars, all that kind of stuff. But it also includes endurance work, calisthenics, circuit training, cross training, swimming, lifting, whatever she needs to do, which again shows that the reason why Simone Biles is one of the best to ever do it is not because she just shows up. It's not just because of her talent. It's because she works harder than anyone else. But my most favorite example of someone who works their tail off when no one else is watching, and you guys aren't going to like this at all. You're not going to like this at all, and he's not an Olympian, is Tom Brady. (laughs) That's right. I said Tom Brady. (laughs) Now, I'm not a huge, you know, Tom Brady fan and all that kind of stuff, but I do, I am fascinated by what he has done. What you will find when you do a a little research on Tom Brady and how he works behind the scenes is that not only is he arguably the greatest quarterback to do it in the history of the NFL, but this guy actually doesn't know what an offseason is. 
Um, or when the season is over and everyone else is kind of taking some time off to enjoy the fruits of their labor and you can't blame those guys. They're killing it every single day. What you'll find Tom doing five days a week is getting up of his own volition. He goes to work. And this is just a taste of what this 43-year-old man, he's my age, right, which makes it even more impressive, does day in and day out during the off-season. He wakes up at 5.30 a.m. 5.30 a.m. every morning. He does a 40-minute pre-workout massage. He is old, so he needs his muscles to work before he begins, right? Then he does 40 minutes of resistant band workout. An hour of movement drills, including squats, lunges, planks, and shoulder exercises. A post-workout massage. Then he does 15 minutes of online brain exercises to keep his brain in top mental condition. Then on top of that, so that's the morning. He then goes home and he eats some kind of rabbit food and fish or something like that. Then on top of that, he not only spends time throwing passes to many of his teammates in the afternoon who come to spend weeks upon weeks with him during the off season, but then in the evening for fun after he puts his kids to bed, he spends countless hours watching game film, right? This is not during the season. This is the off season. And then he records all of the stuff that he does during the day. And the other thing he watches in the evening is he watches himself taking notes on what he needs to do to get better, not in a couple of weeks, what he needs to work on the next day. So we can all boo at Tom Brady all we want, but he's 43 years old. And there's a reason why he's considered the greatest of all time. No one puts in that time or energy. So, what all of that has to teach us, I think, is pretty simple and pretty basic. In a general sense, when it comes to our daily lives, if we want to do anything well in this world, if we want to live the kind of lives that are truly making a difference, we can't just rely on our talents. We can't just expect to show up and do something well. No, we actually have to create routines and habits that we work on day in and day out when no one else is watching. For example... If you want to be a great leader, you can't just start barking orders and expect everyone to follow you. You've got to devote your life to doing the little things that must be done so that people will trust you enough to actually follow you. To be a great musician, you've got to spend countless hours a day practicing your instrument even when you don't feel like it, right? That's the key. You have to continue to do all this stuff, especially when you don't want to do it. That's, what, that's the difference between great and, you know, just okay. You can do it when it feels good. That's, you know, people are, that's easy to do. You do it when people, you don't want to do it. That's the big thing. To be a great teacher or to do what you need to do when kids show up in your classroom, you have got to spend a whole lot of time outside of the classroom learning what needs to be learned and doing what needs to be done to be ready for when your kids actually walk in the door. Which, by the way, is the same logic we must take seriously when it comes to living the Christian life. Because the truth is, if you want to be the kind of person who is living into a deep and abiding relationship with Christ, if you want to be someone who really is living a life that is making a difference for the kingdom, then just like with elite athletes, you must understand that what you do behind the scenes when no one else is watching is how you become the person that God created you to be. Or just like athletes have these routines and grinds that they work at day in and day out to succeed as Christians, you're going to have to get to work and create routines. 
Right? Now, I'm not talking about salvation here. I'm not talking about works righteousness. That's not what I'm getting after here. Faith is what saves us. That's the bottom line there. But there's more to faith than just believing so we can get into heaven. Living the Christian life takes work. You see it in, in all throughout the New Testament, and then you see it in all the great people of the faith since then, which is exactly what Paul is getting at when he says this in 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27. And I love this. This is one of those verses that kind of rolls around in my head all the time. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. All things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it. So that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. And what I believe Paul is getting at when he talks about athletes exercise self-control in all things and I punish my body and enslave it is he's clearly making a reference to what athletes do when no one else is watching. He's clearly making a reference to routines and habits that athletes have which helps them to succeed. Which again puts into perspective. We really want to be the kind of people that are devoted to making a difference, to, devoted to living into the life that God has created us for, then what we've got to do is we've got to create some spiritual habits. We've got to create some spiritual disciplines. We've got to have some practices. Because that's what it takes. That's what it looks like. So practically speaking, what this might look like for you is maybe it's a daily scripture reading or listening. Five to 30 minutes a day sitting down, really digging into scripture, reading devotional books, or listening to a podcast. Whatever it is that you need to do, why aren't you doing that? You figure it out. The other thing you need to do is you need to set aside some time daily to, to listen, to talk with God, to pray. Right? And maybe that's a meditation time where you just kind of sit and listen for God. Maybe it's journaling where you sit down and write things out. That's how I do it every day when I get to work in the morning. I spend 10 to 15 minutes journaling. That's what helps me. My father has a practice where after the day is over, he sits down and thinks through his entire day and writes out things that he's learned and what God has taught him in the day. I don't care what you do. You just need to figure out something where you're connecting yourself to God on a day-to-day -day basis. Then another discipline I think you need to develop, which we don't think about very often as a spiritual discipline, is you need to intentionally find a place to serve others. Or you need to find something to do week in and week out that's not just about you and what you want. So you're not just worried about you all the time. We're really good at that. Let's be honest about that. You need to find something that's about making a difference for the kingdom of God. So not only does that help others, but it begins to shape you in different ways. But the biggest thing I think we all need to do when devoting ourselves to living Christian, and again, this is not something we think about, is we need to figure out who it is that God created us to be. Whether that's running a business, working in the medical field, being a farmer, leading people, teaching kids, whatever it is for you, you need to figure that out. And then you need to devote the entirety of your life to doing that to the best of your ability. Knowing that. What you do when no one else is watching, those routines and habits that are going on behind the scenes, is what helps you to become who God created you to be. It's what helps you do all the things that God created you to do, no matter what that might look like. So again, if you really do want to become the kind of Christians that are making a difference in this world, if you want to live in a deep and abiding relationship with our God, then what you've got to do is you've got to create some of these routines and habits that you do when no one else is watching, when no one else is checking in. Truth is, nobody's going to know the difference, right? They're not checking in on you this stuff. Truth is, you guys have heard this sermon how many times in your life? 
400 million, at least in one form or another. We all get this. We all get that this is how life works. But the reason I bring it up to you again is because there's a lot of you who might have done this before or know that you need to do it and you just haven't done it yet. So to get you to the place where you might want to do this, I want to offer you uh, a money-back guarantee. That's right. I'm offering you a money. That's funny. I don't care who you are. I'm going to offer you a money-back guarantee. If you will actually take what I'm saying seriously today, if you will actually devote time to reading Scripture, if you will actually take time to listen to God, if you will actually take time to serve others, your life will never be the same again. There's no telling where God will take you next. If you are looking for meaning and purpose in your life and you haven't found it in all the things that you want, you'll find it here. I guarantee it or your money back. Let us pray. Father, again, we come to you this morning just blown away by how these metaphors from the ancient games are used to um, help us understand what it means to live Christian. And so now, Lord, that we understand that what it takes to live Christian is not just what we do when we're out in public or at church, but what we do behind the scenes. Help us not just to hear that and to know that, but to actually do it. Or get fired up to actually spend some time with you daily, to actually read Scripture daily, to actually pray or to go out and serve others. Knowing that when we do that, when we open ourselves to you in those ways, you will transform us. You will mold and shape us into who we need to be, and then you'll use us to make a real difference in this world. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.